0: Welcome along to the Vinnie White Show. This is podcast 216 and this is part three of me being in Ghana, West Africa. Now normally at this point I tell you what's coming up and I will do that um, but first I just want to say that most podcasts I'd like to think historically speaking have been a right old giggle or at least half a barrel of laughs. Um, this one not so I don't think. Uh, The subject matter is quite serious and it talks about slavery. I really enjoyed my time from a journalistic point of view looking at what we'll be looking at today, which is uh, Cape Coast, uh, the the castle that is, the Cape Coast Castle. And that little tongue twister was home to uh, many slaves before they got exported to the Americas and the conditions there were appalling. So you'll be hearing from me um, wandering around the Cape Coast Castle, And um, yeah, so it's a bit sad in places. If you're listening to this, uh, maybe you're thinking about hiring Vinnie White and thinking, hey, this guy, I've heard he's a right bundle of fun. Let's go and hear some of his cheery stuff. And uh, you randomly listen to this episode. I don't think this is the one for you. Uh, But if you are interested in the historical goings on in deep dark Ghana, then this is the place to be. So first we'll get that tour of the Cape Coast castle and I'll bring you loads of audio from that. And it will get a little bit bleak and a little bit depressing, uh, but afterwards we'll do something funny as well. You're listening to podcast 216. So we started the tour with a man called Oscar who started with the basic facts, then he led us down a dungeon with a floor of red bricks. Red bricks you wouldn't find anywhere in Africa. I couldn't understand why all these red bricks were there. Looks like I was in a dungeon a red brick floored dungeon so let's start at the beginning why were the europeans even here to start with
1: europeans were here to trade they came here to buy gold ivory and later some african men and women were enslaved in the Americas. the millions of africans some for committed no crime they were appointed from their homes and communities they were sent into slavery but then they were first brought in the castles as in the force of ghana over here in this room brutalized traumatized dehumanized over here awaiting shipment in the end many africans were being displaced in a life of bondage in the plantations of Americas under the system of slavery and it was operated in an unprecedented scale and also ruthlessly well organized. The men were kept in here. The women, I'll take you there soon. Then they all finally passed through a skinny door. That time it was called the gate of no return, to be taken to the journey of unknown. So from here, we are all going down to the mill dungeon to continue. Any question, please walk up. Questions. All right, thank you. Please all right. Uh, I don't mean to kill anyone here, but I just to show you something. This was how the room looked like, even darker than this, because the entrance gate was closed by the masters. No light, Their only source of light and the air is that shining space up there. They made them lose their feelings as human beings in this room. About 1,000 men recorded that were held in the whole room from the right to the they slept here on background, and some were even lying on top of others. It took the slaves more than 100 years to complete the whole castle. Yeah. About 2 million crimson bricks or bent bricks imported all the way from England, urinating, defecating, the slept on the background and see, this was their urina. It passed round and round and into
0: the There was about eight people on the tour and the mood was changing. We weren't really looking at each other. A lot of us were looking at the floor. The joviality had dried up a bit. Oscar pointed up at a hole in the black wall. Whoever looked through that hole would have seen pure desperation. They would have seen chained slaves on top of each other, awaiting shipment. And shipment meant a likely death. They would have heard groans. It would have been inconceivably bleak. Who was standing on the other side of it looking through?
1: Up there was a spy hole for the security men to watch them. But surprisingly, those security guys, they were our own people. Africans, British pay them, not in the money, but in those through like tuba, rum, gant, gun, gunpowder, and other assorted items. And then on top of us, right above this diamond, remarkably, was also a church for British. What? Oh yes. And that was the first English <coughs> church over here. Yeah. They were Christians. I showed you a church. And it's something that happened at the same time, and slavery and their religion happened
0: at the same time. So everyone in that church knew exactly what was happening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh. you see, unfortunately, they didn't allow the slaves to worship of them at the church. No. Yeah. No. no. But I think they. After taking them to the Americas over there, you allow them to go to church, and some will make sure that you, the pastor, or the preacher man, will choose a quotation from the book of Ephesians chapter six, verse five, where the Bible says simply that, servants be obedient and fearful pastor.
0: to those. So just to be clear, the British built their church directly on top of a dungeon full of desperate dying people and they knew about it and in that church service they often quoted Ephesians chapter 6 verse 5 as you just heard there the actual verse reads like this fathers do not provoke your children to anger instead bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the lord Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and sincerity of heart, just as you would show to Christ. Well, the Spanish Catholics burned opposing religions to death, Boko Haram murder in Mali, Israel has occasionally bombed hospitals in Palestine. Like Bosnia yesterday and Burma today, It's everybody's least favorite cleansing, it's ethnic cleansing. Uh, Also occasionally adopted by the non-religious through the use of heavy propaganda. Yeah, basically, if you're an asshole and you would like to begin some ethnic cleansing, you'll need to brainwash lots of people into thinking cruelty is normal. Try religion, it's the easiest way. They built a church that they worshiped in on top of a dungeon full of dying people. And the British justified it by saying they were the masters, carrying out Christ's work. Isn't it amazing that they chose to build a church directly on top of a dungeon? It's crazy. It's... yeah. That's something else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, thank you. welcome. the first time here, yeah. in Ghana. Yeah, it is. Just travelling.
0: Just travelling. Ah. And I'm glad I came here. Ah. You know who needs to come here? Donald Trump needs to come here. <laughs> <laughs> Wahala. <laughs> Wahala.
1: All right, please, you continue with your talk.
0: Wahala. I really wanted to ask what that meant.
1: Wahala. <laughs>
0: then, as if things were not already bleaker than a vegetarian picnic in the rain with Piers Morgan, we went to where the pretty women were kept still as dark and dank and bleak as the other holding dungeons but this one a bit smaller. And so the women were
1: raped by some of the British soldiers. The pretty ones in this room, the governor who selected them called them in his bedroom up there for sex after the
0: back. So did people rebel? Did they get their own back on the colonial masters? Around
1: 1758, British captain called William Porter, from Liverpool, had docked a ship over there, finished with the purchase of slaves, about 300 slaves have been purchased right at the mouth of River Gambia, prepared for sail to Charleston, South Carolina, British American colony, in a group led by Kunta They jumped onto the scene, they killed the captain, they burned the ship, ship crew, they killed all of them. South Africans resisted. The same thing happened to a French man called Raphael Mende from Bordeaux. He was also attacked on his way to Gorée Island in Senegal by the wall of people in Senegal. So Africans resisted. But then the writers were not so keen to report account of those Africans who resisted. But then did. But then there was a problem. If you resist and they succeed, fine. But you try and then you fail. Oh, oh, that one is so gruesome. Yeah, for causing fear and panic, what the master did to those people was that they tied them with rope and chain. They took machete, their heads, cut right in the sight of the others, himself, as a strong warning to the rest. And some of them, too, their arms were chopped and allowed you to bleed to death. They started others themselves serve as an example. Those who survived, some were taken to Jamaica, Trinidad, Haiti, Antigua, Suriname, Barbados, Brazil, Bahamas, St. Saint Lucia, St. Vincent, Virgin Islands, Grenada, all the Guyanese, etc. So about 40% were taken to the Caribbean yet to Spanish America South America the rest USA and the other parts of the European countries
0: By this point I was considering getting on all fours and pretending to be a dog because I had so little associations with fellow human beings a child's funeral seemed cheerier than this. Could it get worse? Could it get more stark? Yes, it could. Those who were fighting with the masters,
1: those who were showing misconduct, run away because who run, you run after you? And if you are caught, you brought him to come and die in this room. We are going there. Please, heads down, yeah, so that don't hit this hard. Down,
0: down, down. Watch your Oh my God. I'm in a tiny room. It's probably yeah, yeah. ten foot by six. Pitch black.
1: Yeah, this is the room. About fifty men were hurt in this room. No yes. survived. Yeah. No food, no water. There's no, They are not here until they yes. die. They come the Yes, house. yes, sir. And what interesting about this room was that even if one person dies, that person will not be taken away. They window until the last person is gone. Ah. Wow. There comes yeah. Some struggled out of desperation. They use their teeth, their teeth <laughs> to scratch on the ground you just see some marks on it. Others struggle used their teeth and their fingernails. Just bite the walls
0: before that. During the tour, a number of us, yes, myself included, needed a couple of minutes just to get away. So sometimes you'd notice that people would just walk off and spend a few moments in the forecourt on their own. After a few tears from many of those on the tour, Oscar concluded on the state of the modern world.
1: Lesson to both black and white people for all of us not to repeat such evil against humanity. But it's so unfortunate that slavery is still going on all over the world in many ways. Human trafficking, even in Ghana, for farming, for fishing, Several abuses, exploitation of all forms, forced labor of all kinds, racial discrimination, indoctrination, and quite recently we had what happened in Libya. People are still sold into slavery, so it's still going on. So please, let's all do our very best to help stop this modern way of slavery. Doing so, I think, in a way, we can build a better society in this world for without human dignity no one will keep his or her heads up and says he will not talk to anyone but his family. so um, um on this note my name oscar copena your guide at the castle thank you so much thank
0: you oscar thank you very much Hi. Oscar, okay. one more thing. Okay. Earlier you said wahala. Wahala. What does that mean? Oh. <laughs>
1: <It> Me <mean> trouble.
0: <laughs> it Tr- means trouble. It means trouble. Uh, yeah. Oh, so Donald Trump <laughs> wahala. Wahala. <laughs> 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 Thanks, brother. Okay. See you, mate. Well, if that doesn't say it all, I don't know what does.
1: Collaborate
0: and listen, listen,
1: listen. I'm
0: about to get on a boat with my, with my bike so it's broken down so it's not much use anyway at the moment i'm sure it'll be fine the good thing about africa is you don't really need to know much about um, motorbikes you just need to know well actually you don't really need to know anything (laughs) i was going to say you need to know how to speak to people but they just come to you and say your bike's broken you need a new spark plug my friend's got a spark plug come this way so i think we'll just clean the spark plugs on the boat the guy that's driving the boat's already said he's going to do it for me uh, so I can take some pictures and relax and then probably by the time the bike gets off on the other side of the river um, in about an hour's time because we're going to take a little meandering trip up river, uh, I would imagine it should be good to go and if it's not there will be someone on that side of the river that knows someone that's got a spark plug and that's how it works. Basically you don't really need to know, need to know anything about motorbikes, you just need to um, have some loose change, you know, some small notes, some small bills so you can pass them on to people for helping you along the way. You could do all this stuff yourself, of course, if you're practical, but that sounds like an incredibly hard amount of work. Right, bags are on. Two blokes I've never met in my life, so they could bugger off with that and completely leave me. But they seem like a very trustworthy bunch around here. Now we're gonna try and get the bike on. I don't know how the hell we're gonna do that. It's a long boat with an outboard motor. It's parked in amongst some palm trees. There's no slipway, but as with everything in Africa, no one seems bothered about this, and somehow it will just work. You ready to roll? How exactly are we going to get the motorbike on there? You just bring it here, sit like this, then raise the <laughs> back,
1: then the front. The front is not heavy, so raise the front first.
0: Okay, well I guess we'll do it then. update, I've just got off a boat, my bike was on it and the bike seems to be running okay I don't want to turn it off because if I turn it off it might not come back on again. That's, uh, that's my knowledge of mechanics right there. Anyway I'm in, um, I don't know where I am actually, I have no idea but I tell you what, they certainly haven't seen any tourists around here before. I'm just looking up on my map where to go now because I need to get to the Togo border. I'm not that far away. So, next stop Togo. But since I'm here I'm just going to randomly ask a villager which way to go and see what the response is because my map's pretty good but I haven't got any data so I'm just running on a GPS on the phone. By the way, if you want to do this, I can tell you all the inside goss. You need to go to Maps.me, and that will fix you right up. Okay, I think I know the way, but it looks a bit confusing. I've saved um, pretty much no time by getting a boat across the river. In fact, bearing in mind that it took nearly an hour to get across the thing, I think I've actually lost time. But, you know, it's not every day. You go across the Volta River in Ghana near the Togolese border with a couple of dudes you've never met. One of them called Prosper, you know, it's not your average Monday. Hi, man, I need to go to Togo, Togo, Lome, Lome. Yeah. It's far from here. Is it? It's far from here. How long will it take? I don't know. No. Is it that way? Yeah, this way. uh... Thanks, man. Have a good day. It's that sort of in-depth analysis that you can only get from people on the side of the road? This might not be the most clever place to do this, but here we go. I am in a market in Togo. Yep, I'm in Togo. Still hot, It's still noisy. There's still women carrying things on their head. Still mental. Um, But the good thing about... Hi, yeah, whoop you do. The good thing about um, doing a podcast as you're walking through all of this is... Because it looks like you're on the phone, well actually I'm holding something completely irrelevant up to my head in case case my phone got stolen, which I don't think is likely, but basically what I'm doing, what I'm saying is, is I am walking through Lome in Togo with a book held up to my head that looks a bit like a phone so that no one bothers me and I can talk to you about what I see. I don't really need to describe what I hear, but I should probably describe what I see. A lot of fabric, a lot of motorbikes, a lot of cars who are in a real rush to get somewhere. Same all over Africa. A lot of hubbub, you know, usual stuff, dusty streets, all kinds of drinks. There is one or two massive differences between here though and neighbouring Ghana. First of all, in Ghana the bread is bloody awful, it's really sweet and rank. Here in the market they're selling french baguettes oh yes the french left a good impression and the french did a good thing there um that's another thing not only do they eat french bread quite obviously and slightly more importantly perhaps they also speak french um as well as all their various oh hang on don't hit me oh no horn amazing yeah too late okay um yeah so It's very hard to do this. Anyway, yeah, it's French. Uh, here's Here's some facts from the comfort of a nice, clean, safe, slightly cooler hotel room that I can give you about Togo. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Togo facts. Actually, I'm gonna be a bit cheeky and call that a teaser. I'm gonna end this episode here and in the next episode, you will hear the Togo facts. I will be in Togo and I will be visiting a fetish market, um, which is nothing to do with sex. It's everything to do with a place known for providing all the goods one would need to do some magic, some white magic, some witchcraft. Togo to this day continues to practice witchcraft and that is the place to go and get the stuff you need to perform witchcraft. So I'll discover far more about that. I'll also be back in Ghana for what will probably be the last show where I get to finally interview someone that we met a little bit earlier, the guy that I rode past, the guy from Denmark who has spent two years and eight months walking since he left his house and has made it to Ghana. He's got a long way to go, he's on his way to Tanzania, it will probably take him another year or two of walking to get there. I will meet him and we'll interview him and who knows what else will happen in the final episode coming up next time on the Vinny White Show. If you want to get in touch with me and ask any questions or indeed see any pictures, not many, but I've, I'm going to post some, uh, you just need to go to one simple place, v-i-n-n-e-y, white.co.uk. So that's Vinny with an e, White co.uk, and uh, you should be able to get in touch with me there. It has been an honour. I continue to travel on my trusty metal steed. Sounds a bit like something Bon Jovi would say. Hmm. Anyway, see you soon. Take care.